Isaiah 50 verse 4. Let's say it together. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Please be seated. This morning, I want to give uh, us a secret that is very, very important, and I want you to try it. The Bible says, don't be a forgetful hearer. Don't be a forgetful hearer. We're not after a good sermon. We're after what the Lord says and how we can obey God so that God can bless us. That's what is important. To just go to church and worship and hear the word of God. Well, now it's time for this sermon. So I'm going to hear the sermon. And after this sermon, we, we close in prayer. And then we go home. What's all of that for? I need something that can transform my life while I live here on the earth. I need something that will transform everything that I'm doing. I need my life changed for the better. Because that's what God wants. He wants our lives changed for the better. But we can only have this if we understand what the Word of God says. And we act accordingly. If you act according to the Word of God, if everyone, everyone is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the Word, James says you will be blessed in what you do. You are only blessed in what you do as you act on the Word. So you're looking for secrets in the kingdom of God from the Word so that you can operate in the kingdom and God will bless you because He has already spoken and He told us in Isaiah 55, My Word will never return to me void. It will accomplish what the purpose for which I sent it. So it tells us that. So if I take his word, then the word is going to answer back to God because I've walked with the word and he's going to say, I've finished the work. They accepted the word and I walked with them. The job is done. No word will ever go back to God to say we couldn't get it done. He's going to find somebody that God's going to use. So this morning, I want to give a secret and the message is, Speak out loud to the problem. It's good to pray. <laughs> Prayer is good. But many will tell you they've prayed and fasted and nothing has happened. Why? You think God didn't hear them? God heard them. Every time you pray, God hears. Every time you pray. God hears. And I said it on Wednesday. If you ask God a question, He'll answer you. He's just, you haven't answered. You haven't asked. That's what you say. You haven't asked. You know why I know that? I say it again until we get it. There was not a person in the New Testament that asked Jesus a question and He didn't answer. He answered everybody. Even His enemies. He answered their question. So you as a human being, you have the same privilege that they had. Just because you, do, you are not with Jesus doesn't mean you don't have the same privilege. Jesus says it's even better if you don't see me. That's what he said. Now, if you ask him a question, he'll hear you. And certainly if you pray, he heard you. Definitely he heard you. The question is, how do I get my prayers answered in the world where I live, in my own life? Around me, I want to see it work. 
that helps your faith. Because when you see God answer your prayer, your faith goes way up. And then you know I can try again. It works. But let me tell you, every time you make up your mind to act on God's word after prayer, God's watching. He says, I watch over my word. I want to perform that word so that you will not be disappointed. God disappoints no one. The question is, what do you do with your prayer? Some people pray, but God says, yeah, you prayed enough. You need to go to the next step. Speak to the problem. And I'm going to show that from the word of God. Speak to the problem. God's already answered. He's done all that he can do for you. And he's waiting for you. You want an example? Moses was standing by the Red Sea. You right? You remember that? And he was crying out to God. The armies of Pharaoh, they were coming out. And the men were looking. We're dead. We're dead. What's this? Moses. And Moses said, hey, stand still. God's going to do something. And then he started crying out to God. God said, why are you crying out to me? You got that staff in your hand? Why don't you do something? Instead of asking me to do something. Because until you stretch out that rod, the sea remains. will never be divided. You see that? You got to do something. You got to speak to the problem. You got to act in faith. The, the rod in his hand was just a staff. But when you do it after you've prayed and God has heard your prayer, he's no longer just a staff. That's something that will divide the Red Sea and separate your life from the enemy. Bring you deliverance. That's why we read the scriptures. To find nuggets that will transform our lives into something beautiful. A city set on a hill. The light of the world. All of that that Jesus is the salt of the earth. So men will see the good works. What God's doing in your life. And then they will give glory to your father in heaven. And they also want this father that's doing a good work in your life. Christianity is not just a religion. It's a God working in my life and in your life to transform my life. You know, Pharaoh uh, held the children of Israel for about 300 years in bondage. For about 300 years. Some of the children of Israel had no choice. They were born into slavery. They never seen a, a day of freedom in their life. They thought this is the way things will always be. Born into slavery. And, 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 and Satan... Uh, I mean, Pharaoh <laughs> was determined to keep them in bondage. He made their lives bitter. He killed their children at will. He cut off the source of their supply. They had nothing. Children of God in bondage. So the devil, I mean, Pharaoh. Okay? And his officers. I mean demons, okay? <laughs> and they did whatever they wanted, whatever Pharaoh wanted, and whatever Pharaoh's officers wanted. Pharaoh gave order to his officers, and they kept them in bondage. And so we find the children of God 
also in bondage today to all kinds of things. And Satan, you know, abusing them. Destroying their families, destroying their marriages. Destroying everything about them. Destroying their finances. And just causing so much havoc. And yet, God, the God, attacking their bodies and making them sick. Cutting their lives short. Pharaoh was determined. But then God said, don't worry, I'm sending you a deliverer. I'm sending you a deliverer. Now if you read in uh, Exodus uh, chapter 7, uh, verse 1, there's a curious scripture there. So he says, so God, uh, the Lord spoke to Moses. He said, see, I have made you as God. Uh, to the devil, I mean Pharaoh. Okay? I have made you as God. So when Pharaoh sees you, he sees God. Still a man. Still a man. But when God says, I have made you as God, uh, to the devil, I mean Pharaoh, I'm doing this deliberately so you understand. And his officers. If you can deal with Pharaoh, you can deal with his officers. And he says, your, your Aaron, your brother, he is going to be your prophet. In other words, Pharaoh is too small for you to be talking to. Let your prophet talk to him. In other words, the devil is too small. We're not gonna, it's not God tangling with the devil and trying to fight. No, he's too small. Let uh, your prophet, Aaron, let him speak. So when Moses wants to say a thing to Pharaoh, he says, tell him. And Pharaoh is sitting right there. Okay? Tell him. Because God had made him as God. I don't think we understand what Jesus has done for us. We don't fully get it. And we're going to do some demonstration today at the end of the service. If you're sick, I want to speak to your sickness. Hello. And watch God do a work. I want to do that. That's the God we serve. That's why he's such a great message. The good news. The gospel of the kingdom of God. It's a great message from God. Now, if you read in uh, John chapter 10, I believe from verse uh, 41. Let me go back and make sure. John chapter 10, verse 34, sorry. From verse 34. It said, Jesus answered them. He answered them. He tells him, is it not written in your law? I said, they are gods. Can you read that? I said, is it not written in the law? I said, you are gods. And then Jesus added, if he called them, if God called them gods, to whom the scripture the, the, the message that the word of God came and then he added and the scripture cannot be broken and the scripture cannot be broken so what please don't say Pastor Goodluck is coming up with a strange message now I didn't say that 
read the scriptures yourself. Notice, God said to, Mo- to Moses, I have made you as what? As God. Now, this is small, small letter God, right? And Jesus was arguing with them. He says, God himself, it was God himself who said, he is making those who hear the gospel of the kingdom, God, not God Almighty, but God over Pharaoh. I mean, uh, over devil. And his officers. And Jesus said, and the scripture cannot be broken. Don't argue with the scripture. If you don't want to accept it, tell him. Talk to him about it. He was the one that said it. When you hear the message, you are not God Almighty, but when, the, when Satan sees you, when Pharaoh sees you and his officers see you, they know God has made you. And you have that authority. The authority is there. We just don't recognize it. We think it's humility. Well, that's not me. Well, if God says that's who you, you, and you say it's not you, you got pride. Who are you to tell him what's right? That's what he said. So God has given us that. And if you read in Luke chapter 10, verse 19, it says, Behold, I give you authority. To trample on serpents, that means Pharaoh and his officers. <laughs> okay? <laughs> uh-huh. On serpents and scorpions. And over all the power of the enemy. Can you all say power of the enemy? All the power of the enemy. God, Jesus says, I give you the authority. You, you don't have the power to tangle with a little demon. But you have the authority to stop them. Now, a policeman can be, you know, a, a, you know in a four-way street, standing in the middle of a four-way street, and, and this 18-wheeler is bearing down, flying down, and the cop, does the cop have the power to stop that, push it back, stop the vehicle? The vehicle will flatten him, right? If he stands in the middle without his uniform, he's dead. <laughs> But he has the uniform that signifies his authority. And this little guy, he's standing there, look at that huge vehicle, 18 wheeler bearing down, and he goes, and the guy goes, stop! You don't want to mess with the officer. And this whole thing stops. That's what we have. We have authority to speak, to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And Jesus said, nothing shall by any means. Can I hear the word any means? Any means hurt you. You know, one time I was praying for somebody that was demon possessed. And those that were uh, demonized or demon possessed, I can't tell you what, what it was. But somebody was concerned. He says, brother, good luck. You don't want to do this. What if if the devil leaves this person and then goes into the other person? And I said, well, if he's dumb enough to go to the other person, I'll come after it again. And no, I, I won't give up. I'll get him out. But that dev- never happens. He goes where I want him to go, not into another person. Because God has given us authority to do that. Now, in um, Revelation chapter 5, verse 10, he tells us that God has made us kings and 
priests. Amen. God has made us what? How do kings govern? They pass out decrees, right? They just pass out decrees. He's sitting on his throne. If, what if he sat on his throne? Just like, let's go back to Moses. He goes up and he stands before Pharaoh. And says nothing. Pharaoh says, what's all this about? And he's saying, God has made me God over you. And Pharaoh says, so? What's the meaning? Nothing happens. Until you say, let my people go. That's when you engage. Amen? Just knowing that you got that and you say nothing doesn't make any, it makes no difference. You got to put out your decrees. Job 22, I believe verse 28, he says, decree a thing and it shall be established. That's God saying, declare something. Declare something. Declare something and it will be established. Until you declare it, it will not be established. We're not saying, God, you declare something. God saying to us, you declare something, whatever it is, and it will be established. To declare sickness all the time, you will be sick. That's the truth. Because that's what comes out of your mouth. Whatever you bind on earth, or whatever you allow on earth, will be allowed in heaven. You are the one allowing it. Because of your tongue. And because of what you're declaring. That's what's going on. You've, they've spoken so many evil things over your life. He's taking root. That's why Jesus said, on the day of judgment, everyone is going to give an account of the, word, the, word, the idle words that you speak. Your words are not idle. They're doing something. Your words can change things. You were created in His image. That hasn't changed. When God speaks, something happens, something changes. And you were created in His image. And after you are born again, even more so. You are tolerating it. You can transform your life by speaking God's words. Not your own words, but God's word. What God says about you, speak it. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall... Why don't you say that instead of talking about your wants? I can't pay my bills. Brother, good luck. It's a very tough month. And I think it's going to be tough for the next six months. Well, you said it. You said it. Why would God take that from you? That's what you want. And God said, what I heard from you today, that's what I'm going to give to you. You can go back to Numbers 22. What I heard from you, you speaking to me, that's what I'm going to give you. This is a powerful secret. That's why God says, let the weak say, and I said, no, I have to tell the truth. Well, keep telling the truth. <laughs> this is how I feel. Well, keep it up. We'll come to your graveside. If you're me. That's kind of hard to say, but if you keep talking about being sick, that's what's going to happen to you. But God says, say the opposite. When you say what God says, you're not lying. 
If you lie and no one is around to take you to court, who's going to hold you responsible for your lie? Is it not God, right? God's the one that's going to ask you, you lied and, and you sinned. But if you are saying what God says, how can you be lying? So he said, let the weak say, I am strong. And so we Christians say, well, that's good. I like that. So we add more to it. Let the poor say, I am rich. So you're yelling, I'm rich, I'm rich. And your neighbor says, you don't even have a bicycle. I'm rich, I'm rich. And he said, he lost his mind. I'm telling you, the poverty has got into him. But one day, God sends a man and says, I don't know, but I like you. I'm going to buy you a car. Amen. And then once God, they, they have delivered the car to you, uh, your neighbor who has been laughing and thinking you're crazy, he says, what church do you go to? Can I come with you? I, I, I want to go to church now. Amen. They shall see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. It's good to pray. It's good to pray. Luke 18 verse 1, Jesus spoke a parable that men ought Always, always to pray and not to lose heart. So prayer is good. Prayer is good. We ought to pray always. Otherwise you're going to lose that. You're going to get discouraged. You're going to become fearful. The main fight in this thing is fear. Satan comes at us with all kinds of fears. And you can read in Psalm 34 verse 4. He says, I cried out to the Lord and he heard me. And he delivered me from all my fears. Because your fears are even greater than the problems. They are talking about firing you. It's not yet happened. Now all your mind is, they are going to repossess my car. Right? That's a fear, right? You haven't been fired yet, okay? But Satan is telling you, you can't sleep at night. Oh, how am I going to pay my bills? They might, the landlord is going to kick me out of this house. Well, you are not there yet. But your fears can make you, you can go to sleep. Cry out to God and he'll first deliver you from those fears and then he'll give you a job before that time comes. Amen? That's the God. Once he has delivered you from the, from the fear, you're going to get what, what God's given to us. Now, Philippians 4, verse 6 it says, be anxious for what? As pastor, you don't understand. A lady said, if, if, I lose, if you pray for all my anxiety and, and, and God takes them away, uh, what would I have to worry about then? <laughs> I need something to worry about, right? Please give me something to worry. So, are you going up to pray? No, no, I don't want prayer. But if, if, if God takes all of that away from me, I won't have anything to worry about anymore. I need that, you know, kind of stuff. Be anxious for what? Nothing. So when trouble comes your way, guess, guess what God is watching first? See if you are trusting Him. If you really heard what He said. If you heard what He said, we are all human. The fear comes, right? But then you have to remember... Thus said the Lord, right? And say, God said not today. And say, God, I'm feeling fearful, but God, could you help me? 
I cried out to the Lord. I sought the Lord and he delivered me from all of my fears. So you, so you begin to seek God to be free from that. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, doesn't matter good or bad, by prayer and supplication with what? Thanksgiving. Give thanks to God even though you're having difficulties. And he says, the peace of God that surpasses knowledge will guard your heart and mind. Your mind. You know why it's going to guard your mind? That's where Satan injects his fear. And all these lies of what's going to happen to you that will never happen to you. Not if you're trusting God. So it's good to trust God. Amen? And to pray. Many times I hear something and it's, it's, you know, I'm worried. Pastor's worried many times. And then I cry out to God. God, deliver me. Not from the problem. Deliver me from my worry. Deliver me from this fear that I have. That's the first place of attack against the enemy. Because until I'm free from this fear, that thing is coming to me. So deliver me from this that's happening. I need to have peace. Prince of peace, come to me. I need that peace. I need that. But after God is giving you peace, do something. In my mind, speak to the problem. So I'm going to go to a scripture here. Um, that's uh, in John chapter 11. John chapter 11, from verse 41. <coughs> Excuse me. This is the story of uh, Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. We need to understand, because this is, this is the cross of what I'm trying to present to you this morning. This is very important. Very, very important. Because you can see this. Jesus had heard four days before or more that Lazarus was sick. Maybe six days before. Because Lazarus had been dead four days before Jesus got there. Jesus knew Lazarus physically in the natural world is going to die. He already knew that. But when Jesus showed up, Martha came to him and said, you know, if you, were, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. And Mary said the same thing. And Jesus said, show me where you buried him. And then Jesus wept. I mean, when we talk about weeping, we're not talking about crying. I mean, he was loud. So that everybody saw. The Pharisees saw. Visitors saw. And this, he's just wailing. And then the people were saying, the man opened the eyes of a man that was born blind. That's John chapter 9. Couldn't this man that prevented uh, the, him from dying? They felt that way. Man, he loves this guy. But now the guy is dead. He's hopeless. When Jesus said, take me to where you buried him. And then said, roll the stone away. Roll the stone away. That's where I'm coming with this message. Roll that stone away. And then Jesus said, by now, uh, it's going to be a stench. And Jesus said, didn't I tell you? If you believe, 
you see the glory of God every time you believe. But then go back to this message. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, this is the message, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. What does that mean? He had already prayed before he got there. Right? He had already prayed. But listen, Jesus prayed, but the Father didn't raise Lazarus. Right? That was Jesus, right? God always heard his prayer. If God already heard his prayer, but Lazarus was still dead, still in the grave. Jesus already prayed and knew that his prayer was answered. <laughs> but the target of the prayer was still dead. Can I say it again? Still dead. Something had to happen. But look at what Jesus said. And I know that you always hear me. That's confidence. But because of these people who are standing by, I said this. In other words, I, I, if, if it were not for them, I wouldn't have said a word of prayer to you. Can you get that? There was no need to talk to you anymore about it. I know what to do. I'm only praying to you because of them, so that they believe in you and come out of their bondage. But it was unnecessary to me, for me to even address you because I've already prayed to you in secret. You pray in secret and he rewards you openly. That was the thing. But then Jesus had to do something. Speak out loud to the problem. Can you get it? Speak out loud to the problem. Notice you can see this in all scriptures. You hardly find Jesus praying to his father in public while he's praying for the sick. He never does that. Very few times. Why can't we learn from him? Jesus said, follow me, right? We are following. He's our example. Every time, including me, I have to pray for the sick. I'm saying, God, God, hear me, hear me. Jesus never did that. Maybe we're doing all of that so people can think we're really praying. I don't know. He never did that. Holy said, stretch out your hand. Stretch out your hand. Take up your bed. Go home. He touches them. He, he says no word. And he says, now, look. And he goes, I can see, I can see. Right? He never says any word of prayer. Why do we do that? Peter, he learned from his master. You remember? Get beautiful. He says, silver and gold, have I not? Right? But such as I have, I'll give to you. You need it? I'll give to you. In the name of Jesus was he praying to the Father? No. But we preachers, we like to pray. God, the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Hear me now. All these demonstrative things. Yes, 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 yes. You don't need to do that. I've already prayed in secret. Now is the time to issue commands. And God will establish it. Decree a thing. Decree a thing and it will be established. 
does pastor still pray and yell like that? I still do that. I don't know why I do it. Maybe because other preachers do it. I got to look like a preacher. I mean, that's what they do. I do it as well. But we do those things. We pray in secret and we speak to the problem. Try it. Bring out your checkbook and keep saying to your checkbook, the Lord is my shepherd. We will not know want. Amen? And guess what God will do? You never try it. Please try it. You might like it. You might like it. Try it. Try it. We've never tried. What would you... What, can you lose anything? You got nothing to lose. Try it. you like it. Because God watches over His Word to perform it. We always relegate this thing. Oh, it's because He's a preacher. No. Most preachers don't even do that. They don't know what to do too. It's true. They pray for you and about you being healed and then they turn around and say, uh, let's start planning the funeral. They just pray for healing. We're all growing in this. Amen? But that's what we do. In Mark 11, it says Jesus was leaving Bethany and he was going back to Jerusalem where he just moved in there uh, to see what was going on in the temple. And after he finished, he went to Bethany. And I believe he had gone to Lazarus's home with Martha and Mary. And then the next day, because it was about two miles from there, they walked back and forth. And so the next day Jesus was going back. Probably they came in late, didn't eat. So the next day was going. He was hungry. And he saw a fig tree from afar off. And he thought, wow, uh, there must be food in there. He got some fruit. He got in there, and there was no fruit. And so Jesus spoke to a tree. If Jesus can speak to a tree, you can speak to your wallet. He's not crazy speaking to your wallet. Amen. Amen. Even if you don't say amen, I'll say amen. I like that. I really like that. Speak to your wallet. Speak to your children. Command that they follow the Lord. Pray and speak. Don't keep praying. Speak. Speak their protection. Tell the Father, I have sent those ministering spirits to be around my kids and they are protected. They can't be in accident. No drunk driver goes near them. And they'll be fine. They'll do well. They make A's and B's. It's what you say. It's what you say. That's what God said to us. And Jesus spoke to that tree. No man eats from you. I mean, it wasn't season for the, the tree, poor tree, excuse me. It wasn't season to have fruit. But Jesus, a man's life and your relationship in God is much more valuable to God than a tree. He was going to use that tree as an object lesson for his disciples to speak. To things that may not speak back. He said Jesus answered the tree. It means the tree was speaking. You're not going to get anything to eat from me. Really? 
do you answer something that doesn't speak back to you? <laughs> he said, and Jesus answered, no man is from you from this day on forever. And, and, and the three, I'm sure, and, and let, listen, and he says, and his disciples uh, heard it. When you can't speak it out loud, we know you still have unbelief, okay? If you can say it openly, boldly, uh, uh, it's not in you yet, okay? But it's, so that that person won't know what you are declaring. Uh, so if it doesn't happen, you're free, right? God knows it's not in there yet. Because once it's inside of you, you speak with boldness. That's what the disciples said. Give us boldness. We need boldness so that we can speak the gospel without fear. And until you believe enough to speak with boldness, God doesn't, he has no obligation to answer what's going on in your life. But when you are fully persuaded, nothing holds you back. It's like fire in your bones. And you can't hold it back. And you yell it and everybody look around. He's lost his mind. But after God answers you, they'll come to you with their many prayers. Prayer requests for you to have prayer to your God that answers you. Amen. But you got to do this. The, so the disciples heard it. The next, I'm sure they were coming back the night, the, that night, and Peter was clear. He, he says, I got to see what happened to the tree. He, he looks at the tree. He's still green. Okay. We'll see. The next day, wow. Peter says, look, master, the tree that you spoke to, he says, it dried off from the roots. <laughs> when you speak to that problem that is coming against you, guess what? They, it, it may appear like, I'm still here, I'm still here. But guess what? You've killed it from the roots. Before long, it's going to dry up. Those green leaves will begin to show color. Indication that the problem is dying. It doesn't matter what it is. Cancer, whatever it is. Whatever problem it is. You got to speak to it. And Jesus said this word. And which a lot of preachers really like. It tells us this. In verse 13. It says, And seen... Sorry, that's a different one. Okay, from verse 22. Jesus said, Have faith in God. Verse 23 seems very important. For assuredly, let me assure you, that's what Jesus is saying. I say to you, I've always taken that to mean when God, Jesus says, I say to you, meaning the whole of heaven, my throne is behind what I'm about to tell you. If it doesn't work, then God can no longer be God. I assure you, assuredly, I say to you, whoever says, I notice the number of says, whoever says to this mountain, you have a mountain in your life? Something that's coming against your life, making your life bitter? 
Whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. So notice nothing about prayer said here. But then Jesus says, Therefore I say to you, what things you ask when you, whatever things you ask, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. So there is prayer involved, but you also have to speak to the problem. There is prayer involved, but you still have to speak to the problem. You can speak to that mountain. The mountain is the problem that is so close to your eyes, you can't even see God. But you can start speaking to the mountain, and Jesus said, the mountain will move. So there is a time to pray, there is a time to start speaking to the problem. You believe you're so going through depression, and Satan is giving that to you, and everyone is telling you, this is the way things are going to be, there's nothing going to change, but you see God's word says, by his stripes, I was healed. So you repeat that, and you're not lying. They said, what I told the lady in England, don't tell anybody else, uh, from this day on, don't you ever say to anyone, I have cancer. And she said, what do I say to them? Say to them, the doctors say I have cancer. No lie. And usually they will say, what do you say then? You sound like you don't believe the doctors. By his stripes, I was healed. Amen. That's the way we handle it. You speak the word. That's how Jesus handled dev- the devil. I mean Pharaoh. Right? That's the way he handled it. is written. You speak the word. It is written. I'm going to conclude. I, uh, Elijah said in Second uh, Kings uh, chapter 17 or First Kings chapter 17 it says no rain, only by my word. I'll read that to you. And Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab the king, As the Lord God of Israel lives, before whom I stand, there shall be no dew nor rain these years, except by word, unless I say so. That's a man. That's a man. Just a man. And James tells us he was a man just like us. With same passion, in other words, he was just a normal human being. But God was with him. Did you know Joshua spoke to the son? Joshua actually spoke to the son. He first of all cried out to God. I need to read that. He first of all cried out to God. And then he spoke to the son. For one full day, no movement. The earth stood still. For one full day. Joshua 10, it says, Then Joshua spoke to the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered up the Amorites before the children of Israel. And he said, In the sight of all Israel, what did I say? His disciples heard it. He said it so everyone could hear. First he spoke to the Lord. He said it in the sight of all Israel. Son, stand in other words, the earth doesn't move. And moon in the valley of Ireland. 
So the sun stood still, no rotation, and the moon stopped till the people had revenged upon their enemies. They needed daylight. <laughs> and the man didn't want the night to come, and so he spoke the word. That's what we have, the authority. Behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and on scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. You have a problem in your life today? Have you ever spoken to the problem? Pray, but also speak to the problem. Amen? That's what we want to do. Oh, heads bow. You can't speak to a problem until you've made your peace with the Lord Jesus Christ because you really don't have any authority. Only the authority of Christ in you that will prevail in what you do. So today, we want to speak to the problem. But first, make things right with God. You're here this morning and you want Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of your life. Just like those Muslim people did in Nigeria. You want to make Jesus your Lord? At the count of three, would you please raise your hand and we'll pray. I want to pray for you. One, two, three. Raise your hand right now. Raise your hand. Thank you. Raise your hand. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Please stand up, every one of us. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I'm going to give you opportunity right now first to speak to whatever it is that the enemy is attacking your life with. How many of you have a problem that you can speak to this morning? Can I see your hand up? You have something that's bothering you that you need God to change? You've been praying about it? Would you lift your hand up? Say to the Lord today, God, I believe. Father, I believe you've heard my prayer. I need this situation changed. You said, whatever I ask, in your name, you will give to me. Jesus, I'm asking for this situation to change right now in my life. Thank you, Lord, for delivering me from this problem. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I'm going to give you opportunity. Don't be a gentleman. Speak. Can you speak to that problem? I want to hear you. Speak to the problem right now. Every one of you, speak to that problem. In the name of Jesus, speak to that problem. Whatever it is, if it's pain in your body, whatever that problem is, speak to it. Say, in Jesus' name, your problem, you are dead in my life. You will no longer function in my life. You will no longer, no longer have control over my life. I declare that I'm free from you right now. In the name of Jesus, so shall it be. 
Because God's word will not return to him void. I'm free. I'm free. I'm no longer bound. I'm no longer bound. I'm free. I'm free from this problem. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you're sick in the body, or you have an emotional problem, I don't care what it is. The doctors may have told you you have bipolar, whatever it is. If you need God to heal you this morning, would you come and join me here? If you're sick in the body. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 